Hey there, and welcome to Emmaus Footnotes. This podcast offers uncomplicated guidance for following Jesus. I'm Melissa Lester, and I'm so glad you are joining us this week for our Lent series on the core teachings of Jesus. Today, we're going to talk about Jesus's common refrain to love God. Our current series is designed to look closely at the most fundamental and core teachings of Jesus that enable us to build our foundation. And I think you could make a good argument that today's topic is the most important. Loving God is known as the first commandment. I can only imagine if you took all the books ever written on the love of God or the the response that we should have to love God, massive libraries would be filled. This may be the most written on topic ever. Okay, I don't really know that for sure, but if you have spent any amount of time following Jesus, you know this is a big one. And I will say almost nothing new on the topic, and yet the importance of it cannot be overstated. Today, the hope is that you will walk away from our time together with a beautiful reminder of God's love for you and some compelling inspiration to love Him back. Also, I'll share a little insight into human nature by my seven-year-old that I think you'll find helpful, or at the very least, delightful. In Matthew 22, verse 36, an expert in the law asked Jesus, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. Before we get started talking about our love for God, I think it's important to first rest in and sit in and further our understanding of his love for us. It is in this understanding where we respond with love. We love him because he first loved us. There's a word in Hebrew pronounced hesed, and I'm totally not saying that exactly right, but it's pretty close. And it's often translated as love. But in the English language, our word love does not do the idea of hesed justice. Tim Mackey from the Bible Project helped me understand this better, so I'll leave a reference for you in the show notes if you want to learn more about that. This word hesed is first introduced in scripture as a characteristic God used to describe himself. This idea of love plus many more things is also translated as mercy, loving kindness, loyal love, steadfast love. Essentially what the word means is a generous, loyal, deep affection that comes with a commitment and fulfills a promise made, even if the lover, in this case God, receives nothing in return. (laughs) That's a pretty big word. Now the word love is so often thrown around in our language that its meaning changes or loses the weight of its potential death, depth. An easy example that you might already be thinking of is how we say phrases like, I love that sweater or I love my new car. We know what that means. Usually it means we just like it a whole lot and prefer it to other sweaters and cars. But if I say, I love my children or I love my husband, that evokes a whole new meaning, one that implies commitment and sacrifice and long-term devotion. The love of God is all this and more completely everlasting, even when love is not reciprocated. Even when we can't pay back a debt, which we never can, by the way, 
This is why we often sing songs in church about God's unending or enduring or unfailing love. You could sing about it from now until eternity. God is our source of love and growing in our understanding of his love, though we can never fully grasp it because like it says in Ephesians, it's high and wide and deep. The first step Understanding it and grasping it is sort of the first step in following this greatest commandment to love God. We first receive his love and thereby we can love him back. The other day, Jude, my seven-year-old, was showing me some Mentos candies he had. You know, the fresh maker on the little mint, there was a this or that kind of question, coffee or tea sunshine or snow, ninja or pirate. And we were having fun, a fun time reading them, these little mints, and voicing our own perf- personal preferences. Then Jude said, hey, mom, you know what the one I ate yesterday said? And I said, what? I was kind of interested because the fact that he was still thinking about it had to be a good one. And he said, the choice was love or money. My choice is 100% love. Love is the most important choice. Right, mom? Definitely, I agreed. Then the sentence that blew my mind came next. Jude said, this must be a really tricky choice for Jeff Bezos. (laughs) I think you're right, Jude, I said. And very wise. It is tricky. Now, you might be wondering, why does a seven-year-old care about the financials of Jeff Jeff Bezos? So let me just say that I do a lot of Google searches for the biggest, fastest, strongest, richest, tallest, and most expensive of a variety of places, things, and people. When Elon Musk, Musk surpassed Jeff Bezos as the richest man, well, this was major headline in the Lester household. Anyway, and more importantly, Jude's insight into human nature here is profound, and sometimes we need the seven-year-olds in our lives to frame things so plainly for us. It is tricky to navigate our affections and desires. Naturally, Jesus had something to say about this age-old challenge. When he was approached by a rich religious leader who asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him out of Mark 10, verse 19, You know the commandments. You must not murder. You must not commit adultery. You must not steal. You must not testify falsely. You must not cheat anyone. Honor your father and mother. Teacher, the man replied, I've obeyed all these commandments since I was young. And looking at the man, Jesus felt genuine love for him. There is still one thing you haven't done, he told him. Go and sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. At this, the man's face fell, and he went away, for he had many possessions. It is tricky. Even though this man was faithful to the commandments, there was still something else that needed surrendering. And that was the top spot in his heart. What Jesus is getting at here is the throne of this man's heart. 
Keeping the list of commandments didn't necessarily equal love of God. Jesus was after all of it. Many things, money included, will often compete for the top spot in our hearts. In his book, Soul Keeping, John Ortberg warns us about the dangers of disordered attachment, saying, desire is good, but when you want something too much, it threatens to take God's place in your life. It will lead you to make bad decisions and put you on an emotional roller coaster. And I have found that to be true in my own life. So friends, it is for our good to have our affections properly ordered. It was with what scripture called genuine love in Jesus's heart that he invited this rich man to sell everything, give the money to the poor and follow him. I've long loved the last verse in first John that says, dear children, keep away from anything that might take God's place in your heart. This is admittedly again, tricky, Loyal love like this is often swimming upstream and saying no and reordering when things are out of order. It's routinely humble, admitting when wrong. If you find this a little daunting, you are in good company. Jude knows it. I know it. You know it. And the disciples knew it. And after that rich man went away, the disciples said to Jesus, then who in the world can be saved? And in verse 27, Jesus looked at them intently and said, humanly speaking, it is impossible, but not with God. Everything is possible with God. When you are feeling like it's just too tricky, or you are weary from keeping away things that would try to take God's place in your heart, Remember the loyal and unending love of God. Let this love, this great love, carry you. And even the impossible is possible by Him and with Him. Before we go today, let me leave you with this passage of Psalm 103. The Lord is compassionate and merciful slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. He will not constantly accuse us nor remain angry forever. He does not punish us for all of our sins. He does not deal harshly with us as we deserve for his unfailing love or Hesed love toward those who fear him is as great as the height of heavens above the earth. He has removed our sins far from us, as the east is from the west. The Lord is like a father to his children, tender and compassionate to those who fear him. For he knows how weak we are. He remembers we are only dust. Our days on earth are like grass. Like wildflowers, we bloom and die. The wind blows and we are gone, as though we had never been here. But the love of the Lord remains forever with those who fear Him. Thanks for listening to Episode 8 of the Emmaus Footnotes Podcast. You can find more information and resources at EmmausCommunity.org. So until next time, may you know the Hesed love of God. May you respond to the Hesed love of God. 
May you share the Hesed love of God with those around you today. We'll see you next time.